Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast co-hosted by family law mediator Jennifer Sanders and certified divorce coach Ashley Wood. This podcast features other divorce professionals, Q&A, tips, and updated info on all things separation, divorce, conflict resolution, and co-parenting. Whether you're newly separated or divorced, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. I am Jennifer Sanders. I'm an accredited family law mediator, and I am joined by Ashley Wood, a certified divorce coach. Hello. It's a mouthful to get all of our credentials in there. (laughs) It is. It is. How are things? Um, you know, just bopping along here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's been really, business has been really busy, um, with divorce season. I I know. (laughs) Um, so, which is, you know, good and bad, I suppose, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going, it's going, Mm -hmm. I'm ready for spring. I'm over winter now. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I know. It's it's yeah. gray outside today as we look outside. Yeah, so I things are pretty good with me. I have I have a pretty bad pattern of like, so I'm also in obviously similar season two, super, super busy. But I start renovations when my life is completely <laughs> overwhelmed. <laughs> I've now done this three years in a row. So last year was my ensuite bathroom. This year now my living room is completely torn apart. So and every time we have these conversations like off outside of the podcast, it's always, yeah, things are insane. Also, this room has been completely dismantled. (laughs) So there's that. And I'm like, okay, you do this. Last time it was the carpet. Like you did all of the carpet right before Christmas. You had a wedding going on in the Yes, that's right. like yes let's just pile on as much as humanly possible yeah that's right I have a whole upstairs read it like the gall the carpet yeah it's it was a little nuts so it's one room so in my mind I thought okay we can just you know keep this sectioned off to one room yeah um yeah so which which has been true a little bit for the most part so we've had a little bit of drama my brother is a gas fitter so he did the fireplace and then the whole glass door shattered so that was no no (laughs) I'm learning to delegate so we were all standing there and I was looking at this beautiful fireplace and it was going and he said this is the nicest one I've ever installed and it shattered like as I was standing there and I just walked away. I just walked out. <laughs> you guys dropped. Bye. I left and then I just texted him like, I know you'll handle this. I love you. And he did. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. Good yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't sure if I was mad. I was not mad at all. Not one bit. I just thought, you know what? This is not my thing. <laughs> and so. I'm just gonna walk out walk out so yeah good for you sometimes it's tricky when you have family like when you're you know mixed business with family so yeah good for you yeah yeah so that's all done replaced beautiful so that's yeah that's chugging along but it is particularly busy this time of year as it as it usually is I find this time is busy so Yeah. yeah we're all in that same boat 
Yeah, I am feeling like I need to just step away from at least one thing. And maybe social media is that. I don't know about you. I just, yeah, I get stuck scrolling and it's all because mm. it's the work that we do. It's just my life just feels like so consumed with, you know, relationship stuff, trauma stuff. And I'm like, I need just, yes. I need to break from all of that. Absolutely. And I don't, absolutely. Yeah. It's all heavy stuff. It's not, fun stuff. I often think that like if my small business was, you know, painting pottery that I sold, like, I feel like that would be a lot less stressful than, uh, that sounds like a dream, by the way, I know this doesn't pan out. I think we should consider a a pottery painting business. Okay. We'll do joint pottery. pottery. Um, I also find, I mean, I try usually when I go to sleep, I'm just so exhausted from the day, Mm -hmm. but I find that if I do get stuck on social media too I'll end up watching something so absurd like last night I'm ending up watching someone like fix this part on his car that I don't have will ever do will ever, you know and you're like why are so far down this? the rabbit hole I know. <laughs> you're like taking notes I'm I might need this I'm so invested yeah this will not affect your life like so it's such a time suck for sure yeah so are you taking a break you're gonna take a little I have yeah in the last in the last like week or so I have an Instagram live coming up next week so I'll be back on for that but it's just I don't know it's yeah it's a lot it's too much I just need a break I yeah and I feel like even our clients kind of um, go through this as well. Like I talk to uh, my people a lot about like who's in your circle while you're going through this. What do you have going on outside of this mm-hmm. situation? Because it just becomes it can just become your whole life, and there's more to life than this. You know, this Absolutely. is a huge you know a huge chapter, but there's more beyond that. So, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. And I think the people that do do the best are they've got those future goals. They've got other relationships in mind, like, like just friendships, that sort of thing. Yeah. Stuff outside Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps them grounded. Hey listener, as you likely already know, the divorce journey can bring with it an emotional roller coaster of challenges. Whether you are navigating co-parenting, dealing with a high conflict ex, dating after divorce, or more in this new chapter, it's normal to feel overwhelmed and at times really lonely. That's why I'm excited to tell you about our new sponsor, Circles. Circles is an emotional support platform that connects you with a small group of others who are also going through divorce in a safe online space. Guided by mental health professionals, Circles meet weekly in group video meetings and provide support in a 24-7 group chat. And at $79 a month, that is less than the cost of a single therapy session. You don't have to go through this alone. Support is available. So head over to circlesup.com and use promo code SPLIT2022 to get the first month free and join your circle today. So today is part two that we're going to talk about from our part one, which was identifying high conflict people or high conflict personalities. And so the part two today was then about how we're actually going to talk to these people. Mm -hmm. So we've, and I think 
I definitely don't want to reiterate everything we talked about the first time. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back, listen to it in some detail because we go into a lot more detail about this because there's definitely a lot of nuance there. It's super important to recognize these people. And we also want to give a caveat that do not try to negotiate or talk to someone if you are being abused. You yeah. can't mitigate that and you're going to need outside help. You may need lawyers. You may need even police involvement for actual protection, mm -hmm. uh, which might even be physical protection. But the other side of that is that sometimes, which we go into more detail uh, last time, is that sometimes we can just unfairly label people and then not try to negotiate at all, which would also be a disservice. So it's yeah. important to kind of know both sides. And sometimes people might be in a high conflict sort of phase, especially if it's something with a mental health issue or substance abuse, and it might not always be that way. So that's yeah. important uh, to know as well. So I've kind of boiled down that I think a lot of the major differences that we're looking at in the way that we would communicate with a more typical personality as opposed to a high conflict personality would be that when we're dealing with someone high conflict, it's all about minimizing communication and protecting ourselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we're communicating with a more typical person, we want to get that communication going. We want to look at things from all angles, talk a lot about things, and even being okay with being vulnerable in conversations, yeah. uh, right? That's sometimes how we can get at why the conflict's there and resolve things. So I think this is not so much about getting to the root of things and resolving things because that's sometimes just not possible with these types of personalities so it is more about withdrawing minimizing that communication and protecting yourself right yeah is that big difference so a lot of this is about really being clear before this communication about yourself so in that protecting yourself you kind of have to know what you're protecting so your own boundaries, we're gonna talk more about that, your own needs, what those are, maybe how you have been taken advantage of and what your vulnerabilities have been um, and trying to get clear about what you need for yourself. Because again, mm -hmm. without protecting yourself, it's much more about what that is. And also then recognizing that in these types of communications, we've got to protect ourselves because these types of personalities, this is where we see all of these sort of buzzwords we hear of the gaslighting, um, guilt tripping, we're going to see the rages happen. A lot of the communication really is about control. Yeah. Um, this term that I've seen of this word salad, right? So you want to talk about one thing, but <laughs> it just goes off in all these tangents and you get confused. And so you really do have to protect yourself in those communications because you can just lose sight of the issue. And again, that's how people are abused and get into emotional abuse and get taken advantage of. Yeah. And I think in these types of communications with a high conflict person, it's important to remember that they typically aren't playing fair, whether or not that's conscious choice or uh, they're just not aware of it, but we're not having conversations in good faith. Mm -hmm. So in a typical conversation or, or conflict with someone, even if you're having conflict, it might be your ex, there's hopefully some level of trust there that the person isn't out to get you. They ultimately want the best for you. They don't ultimately want to harm you. And so you're going to have these conflicts, but you know it's not going to go off the deep end. There is that kind of level of trust. So you can negotiate back and forth. And 
if we assume that of a high conflict person, again, that's where we're not protecting ourselves and we can often get taken advantage of. Well, they're, they can be so all or nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. If you find yourself on the wrong end of that, that can be really damaging and, and worst case scenario, dangerous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is the piece that it's really important to assess your relationships and figure out if this is the type of person you're dealing with. I think in my experience, um, well, both of yours or both of ours, that with our clients, this is the piece where people get sucked in. This is the piece where that emotional abuse happens because someone is continually giving a high conflict person the benefit of the doubt that they don't actually deserve, right? So they are trying to negotiate in good faith. They're assuming the best of them. They're assuming they don't have ulterior motives. Um, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. And if, I mean, if it has been emotional abuse and you're just thinking about leaving and thinking about, you know, maybe, maybe they've been emotionally abusive towards the kids as well. It's, it's scary when you, when you go and meet with an attorney and actually talk about, you know, what hard evidence do you have? What would shared parenting look like? And it's, yeah, it's intimidating and it can be really tricky to move forward and beyond that, especially if when you go to say, okay, like this is over, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they're coming out with those um, declarations of outcome, which do include, you know, well, I'm going for full custody of the kids or, yeah. you know, whatever other threat that, that they might have. So it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I do get a lot of consultation calls where you can, people have received these threats and because they're so in it and in what seems to be emotional abuse, they are legitimately scared of it where I'm listening to it thinking there's no way someone can do that under the law. Right. Right. But they're so controlled and they're so intimidated that they are literally afraid, you know, thinking their ex can take the kids and move across the country or make them destitute, take the house for themselves, like things that just won't happen um, under the law. So it's, it's a lot when people are right in it, they can't see the forest for the trees sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's where it does take time to strengthen yourself. So that might look like counseling professional therapy, uh, a support system. So, you know, having friends and family, a lot of times if there has been emotional abuse continually, just, just being beaten down of the conflict of having lived with this type of personality over the years, you often lose that. Yeah. So you don't, you lost your friendships. Um, I think really getting clear about what your kid needs. So I think that's another piece when you're going into communicating with this type of person to, to understand your boundaries that we're going to talk about I see a lot of really well-intentioned parents who obviously love their kids, but they are so intimidated and focused on wanting to please their ex or wanting to get along with their ex. They're not actually making the best choices for their children. Mm, Yeah. So that can be something that happens. And sometimes we have to kind of pull our head out and realize, okay, you know, no, no, no. Like we have to advocate not just for yourself, but your kids. Um, Right. Yeah, they're trying to sh- they're trying to shield them, but it's actually backfiring. Yeah. 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 
So that can be an important one. And then information is power. So if I, part of my job as a mediator is to make sure that there is a balance of power. So if there is an issue with that, one of the ways um, that I can help support that is getting professional advice. And that might be sending that person for legal advice, sending them for financial advice, just they knowledge is power. They need to have more information, the better um, Mm -hmm. to be able to understand their situation and be able to make good choices. And actually, if you're listening to this and you live in Ontario, I should have run this by you before we started recording, but if not, I will edit this out. Um, The uh, I guess it's canadajustice.gov or whatever that website is. We put a link to that in the show notes because there is, you know, if financial resources are really tight and it might be difficult right in this moment to do a legal consultation, this website is a great place to Mm. start for just legal information about things like, um, you know, child support calculations and, um, uh, spousal and how parenting time, is, like all the different terms. It uh, is. Scenario. Yeah. It's really, it's a great hub of information. So I could put a link to that mm-hmm. in the show notes as well. Yeah. That's a great resource. It's, it's really clear and mm-hmm. yeah, everything is there for people to read through for sure. Cause there is so much it's overwhelming for sure. Yeah. And it will take time, right? It's not something you can get a handle on in, in an afternoon. So yeah, it's time to go through it. So then getting to, okay, how do we actually talk to these people? And to me, when I was going through all the sort of communication techniques that I would recommend or I would use, a lot of it does fall under what we refer to a lot of Bill Eddy's BIFF, B-I-F-F acronym, which is brief, informative, friendly, and firm. But I think it's BIFF in these case, this case, I want to talk about each one like 2.0 or like BIFF plus, because it, <laughs> we've got to do it in a much, much stronger way. Uh, with a high conflict person than we would with a more typical person. So we can go through these and just kind of talk about our tips for this. So the first one would be brief. When we're dealing with a high conflict person, it is as brief as you can possibly be. So mm-hmm. I know when we had Matt Fifron, he was talking about a narcissist. The ideal is actually no contact at all. Mm-hmm. And if you have kids together, you still may have to do that by using a third party. So sometimes that still can be possible, but it's often really difficult if you have kids. But then the um, alternative would be what's referred to as gray rock. So it's called a gray rock because you are literally trying to be as interesting as a rock. So yeah. no extra information whatsoever. And this takes a bit of practice because we just, we're not used to communicating that way, but even something that you think is as simple, you think you're being friendly and saying, Oh, did you have a good weekend? I did too. I was at such and such restaurant or whatever that could be used as ammo, right? Who were you with? What were you doing? How do you have the money to go out to a restaurant? I, you know, I thought you were doing very well and you need child support and you like, it could be a whole thing. Yeah. Just based on that comment. So no extra material whatsoever, unless something absolutely has to be discussed. And I would use that one-way communication. So not a phone call where you're going to chat about things, not trying to have communication at pick up or drop off, send an email just with information. And that way, you know, there's, there's no discussion needed. And then of course, it's so much easier not to include um, anything additional in there. 
I do. I, if we can just take a pause for a second, yeah. because I think this might be important to add. I sometimes, when I make this suggestion to clients, it's sometimes met with a bit of resistance, um, switching from texting to email. Mm-hmm. And I'll typically hear something like, well, if I email, you know, they're still going to text me and then what? And I think when, when you have been in, a, in an emotionally abusive relationship or there's been like an imbalance of power, you're scared to go against what the other person wants. But then we just kind of walk down that path. Okay, well, like, so what if you don't, like, do you have to respond? Right. You know, if you're, if you want to be child focused and you are doing that in this well thought out, um, respectful, kind, brief email, then what could, what's the worst that can happen? They bring up in court that you wrote this kind email, but you didn't respond to their text. I mean, what, you know, really kind of walk down that and then circle back to, you know, and if we do engage in text, what's happened in the past? Well, it always blows up and you know would it be the worst thing if we put them on block well yeah while the kids are with you if it's an emergency you can call outside of that but it's it's I don't it's I just um yeah I don't want to minimize how like it is it's hard to to even just yeah, switch email, you know when you've it been is. when when you've been in that relationship but it's so important like you said to mm-hmm. switch to this one way so that you have the space to not yeah. be reactive yourself and you're also not putting yourself out there to just get trampled <laughs> once yeah. again with the word the word salad Yes. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, good, good point to bring up. It's if people have been texting back and forth, continual access for years and years and years, it it is very, very difficult. It's a, it's a breakup itself, but yeah, then you're not tethered. It's a huge freedom as well. Mm -hmm. And not being tethered because the text I have always maintained and I still maintain this. I don't think anything has ever been resolved by text. So I don't know of any text exchange that ends in like, Oh, thank you for clarifying. I didn't see it that way. Like it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So I'm going to stand by that. Um, but the person, it can come at any time of your day, right? So yeah. you could be having a great morning and all of a sudden your day's wrecked because yeah. you get this nasty message and they have the ability to do that. And you yourself might abuse it. You might have to have a bad day, bad day yourself and you send an inappropriate message. So yeah, both ways, but that's it. So do you find that your clients do end up, they do make the break? Yeah. If it's very high conflict. Um, yeah. yeah, Like in this, this particular use of that word, that term, yes, absolutely. I think it's, it's really necessary to kind of abandon that desire to have a really collaborative co-parenting relationship. It does need Mm -hmm. to go more, down the path of, of parallel parenting. And that includes, like you said, email or maybe using a third party, but I agree with you. Sometimes that makes it even more difficult and emotionally draining. So yeah, I think email is best. And then even taking it a step further and, um, playing with the settings for your email, like they go to a specific folder, maybe you don't get notifications. And then that's a a personal boundary, right? I'm, I'm going to commit to just checking that folder maybe twice a week. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Like that. Right. If it's an emergency, they will get a hold of you. Well, and that's the thing. The fact is emergencies are rare. So you could have some contingency of a third party, like 
yeah, if they know a friend of yours or whatever, that Mm -hmm. they can contact you if you have to block them. The fact is that's going to be an extremely rare situation that probably would never happen anyway. Um, but yeah, you could easily, there's a couple different things you could have for contingency in place. Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal for people to have to make, get to that realization that they can't co-parent and that takes time. And that's kind of back to a lot of what we were talking about is strengthening yourself and understanding if abuse has been happening. And if this is really a high conflict person that you're dealing with. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, just kind of reframing what this restructuring looks like from what you hope to what it could be. Cause if you ultimately your goal, you know, well, I really wanted to co-parent and have this amicable situation so that we weren't, we wouldn't be setting our kids up for a lifetime in therapy. Okay. Well, let's talk about, you know, what, what does it mean to be a good parent and how can you strengthen your relationship with them? And it actually sounds like, you know, distancing yourself from the other parent is going to help you be a better parent. You'll have more energy to show up and there will be less conflict between the two of you. So you can be child focused, but I think we've talked about this before. Like there's so much on social media that makes it look so easy to just have this big blended hunky dory situation. But anyways, I'm, I'm derailing us. So no, it's no, you're not. It's yeah. It's super important for sure that sometimes that is the more healthy way and happier for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. And sometimes down the road, it will change. Sometimes going parallel for a while means that down the road, you can get to a place of co-parenting, but yeah. 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 Knowing, knowing what's realistic is important. So next one in there, in our little acronym there, our BIF acronym would be the I for informative. And again, kind of goes along with being brief that only about the kids, only necessary information. And I think that does take some reevaluation sometimes that if people have been used to, you know, telling their ex everything about the kids or constantly sending them reminders about things with school or whatever, there's probably a lot that they can just take responsibility with themselves. Um, Situations like uh, medical information and that sort of thing. Certainly a lot of people, according to their agreements, they need to keep the other person informed. But Mm -hmm. what you can actually do is keep them informed that there was a medical appointment and then they can call the doctor's office themselves. That's a good point. You know, if it's, and same with the teachers, sometimes people, if they want more access to you, they will use that as a reason, right? Well, call me and tell me about how it went or call me. And that's actually not necessary. Yeah. I I love that. That's a good point. Anytime there's a neutral that you can use to Mm -hmm. share that information, that's such a great tip. Yeah. Yeah, And just kind of, yeah, pulling yourself out of that. And again, back to, yeah, no personal info, just information, no editorializing or offering your opinion. And even sometimes I can find myself doing that, right? It takes, you got to read through and think, okay, are you just giving info? So not your opinion or you know, something you're adding or something that's not your business, like just information. Yeah. And I think that takes time too, as you accept that you in this parallel parenting situation where you're really not collaborating, like bedtime might look different. Meals will look different. And so you don't, this is, this is not the time or place to really be trying to get the other parent on board and just really focusing on, on your own stuff. But yeah, advice is a big one. Like, I mean, Bill talks about 
the three A's. So maybe that's the, the plus that you're getting into. No advice, no admonishments, no apologies. And I think that's yeah. what kind of fills up the manifesto that people put yeah. together when they're emailing. Yeah. <laughs> their weekly manifesto of parenting. Yeah. yeah. I like that word. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. been guilty of that. And we've said before, you've said this, you can still type it out. Just don't send it. Just put it right. in a different. Yeah. If you're working with me, you send That's it to right. me. That's I have right. a folder for you. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so the next one is typically F is for friendly, that first F. Now, when you're dealing with someone like this, I I kind of think it's a bit more tricky, right? Again, if you're dealing with a more typical person, you've got a bit of level of trust there. Certainly you don't have to be a jerk. You can maybe make those anecdotes sometimes or make a joke here and there. I don't think you can in this situation, usually. Yeah. Uh, so I think friendly really extends to just, you know, please and thank you, be polite. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, especially if it's a situation, maybe that you're trying to extricate yourself from being overly friendly could be misconstrued as well. Sometimes as some sort of romantic overture or so, oh, you know, she's coming around or something. Right. Yeah. So I think we want to be really careful, um, to keep that boundary there too. Yeah. I think, um, you referenced our episode with Matthew Viper earlier and I was using clips of that the other day. So I, I re listened to it. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> okay, great. This, you should definitely go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Um, he's great. And he's got some really great tips too, but he, he said, it's like talking to a coworker because people always say, you know, make it like a business relationship, yep. but in this high conflict case, a coworker who's trying to get you fired. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah. Love yeah. Yeah. So, um, we both had that same reaction when he said, it. Yeah. Time, we're both like, yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's where you, like you said, you're friendly, but not over the top, but just polite and yeah. respectful, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Friendly, but you got to watch your back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I think that last essence is for firm. And this, I think this is the one where it is the most important when we're dealing with a high conflict person and firm is just about boundaries, 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 um, with this type of person back to having to get clear about what those need to be. Probably if you've had this type of person in your life for a long time, you have really crap boundaries. So, yeah. and no judgment because yeah, no judgment. Yeah, it's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. Um, and you you talk more about boundaries than I do actually so you've got great advice to give too I think boundaries you know they can change we can develop them according to our needs we don't have to feel like if we said it one day and we said it one day that's it forever yeah um but really yeah getting clear about how you do need to protect yourself and what those boundaries might be so this could be everything from in terms of communication what you won't talk about so literally saying, uh, I will not talk about my personal life. That's it. And just get quiet. Right. Yeah. So then if they are trying to talk about the personal life or ask you questions, you can just repeat that. Um, there's, if you're talking and it's like a hang up or yelling or these types of things that that's a boundary for you. You know, anytime you yell, I'm going to hang up the phone. I won't be yelled at. I will walk away those types of things, um, would be boundaries for communication. Yeah. Something that I've been working on, um, with my clients, just because I feel like 
there's so much about boundaries out there, but there's less about, okay, how do I actually put this together? Like what, Mm -hmm. what are some like little scripts or just some little phrases that you could, or like a formula so that you you, you know what your needs are, but because every situation is going to be a little bit different, you need to be able to kind of think on your feet. And like you said, you know, relationships kind of ebb and flow. So even though you should be firm on your needs and your values, your boundaries will be flexible, right? They won't, otherwise you're just putting up walls with your life um, or you're just only giving ultimatums and you don't want to do that either. Mm -hmm. So um, something that I use, and this is from a book that I read, so I'll link it in the show notes. I didn't come up with this, but there's two different models for laying out a boundary. So in either case, there's the request. And this is what you're asserting to make sure that your needs are met. So for instance, um, you know, please stop yelling at me. You Mm -hmm. use that example. Um, So request benefit would be model number one. So you would, you would explain to them why it would be beneficial for them to respect what you're asking. So, you know, if you stop yelling at me, I'll be able to better concentrate on, on what you're trying to say. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So depending on what the relationship is, um, that may work. If you're working, if you're speaking with somebody who maybe does have a personality disorder, you could still start with that. Um, but you may need to go to phase two, which would yeah. be the request consequence. So you're just right. going, you same request, you know, please stop yelling at me. And then the consequence, if you continue to raise your voice at me, I'm going to have to hang up the phone. Mm, I love that. So I, I do recommend in any case, starting with request benefit, mm-hmm. especially if it's in written communication, because worst case scenario, we always want to think, you know, who could have their eyes on what I've written here and how yep. could that impact me down the road. So even if things, if it's not an amicable re- relationship, you still, I think, want to have evidence to show and truly try Yep. to make it a, a better situation. Um, but then, like you said, um, that, that firm piece and asserting yourself, mm-hmm. it's not, I hope you can see where I'm coming from. Right. Like, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of people also get trapped in, they, they'll say, well, they don't respect my boundaries. It's not their job to respect your boundaries. It's your job to respect your boundaries. And right. it's your job to go to that phase two of, okay, well, I've said, they're not listening. So now I need to protect me. I love that. And I love that for these types of relationships, because you are reestablishing your control over yourself, your control, your responsibility, which a lot of times in these situations have, they've been about course of control. If there has been abuse happening. Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing that you have your own control. Yeah. I love that. I love that distinction between an ultimatum because Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be needlessly um, confrontational. And yeah. Yeah. And sometimes um, I think people also mistake someone disrespecting or disregarding their boundaries for just lack of communication. They haven't clearly said, and I don't want to victim blame here Mm -hmm. at all, but they haven't clearly stated what's okay and what's not okay. And they're also expect that just saying at one time it's one and done, because if you have this history of really not having any boundaries, never sticking up for yourself and asserting what you need, then this is going to be a bit of a shock. Yeah. 
to the other person. So when we talk about boundary backlash, it's not always because your ex is a narcissist. Like maybe it is high conflict, but they don't have a personality disorder. They're just, they're not used to this. This is a huge change in the dynamic between the two of you. So it's going to take time and consistency. And that's where we come back to, you know, it really, it probably is best to just stick to email for a while while you're getting used to asserting your needs and the other person is getting used to, okay, this is like the new normal. Yeah. And that would kind of be a great way of saying it, right? That it, there's, sometimes context is necessary as well. Again, not overly apologizing, but not all of a sudden blocking without an explanation of saying, hey, let's to email for a while. Here's why in that benefit statement, like you were talking about. Yeah. If we email just once bi-weekly, we'll be in a better position to just focus on the best interests of the children. Mm-hmm. They yeah, email exactly. you 10 times. Maybe you just reply once. I <laughs> yes. as stated, as per my last email, I will not yeah. be responding, you know, about anything outside of what's related to the kids. So you started with your request benefit and finish with your request consequence. And I love and, that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll look for that in the, that was a book. That's a book. Yeah. I think That's it's, great. um, uh, mothers with our daughters with difficult mothers or something okay okay yeah give me a little insight into what I've been working (laughs) on lately but yeah I will link that in the show notes okay great good book to have just for relationships in general okay okay so yeah so that takes us through BIF and then I think some other things that I would add to that are is the important we've talked about email the importance of having written records of communication with someone like this. And we always go to that. That's important. If you ever had to go to court and and that's true, you want to have a written record, but what can often happen with these types of personalities that they are constantly reaching for reasons to have conflict. And so often, you know, you may have had a conversation that in your mind was crystal clear. Hey, drop off time for the kids is this Sunday at four, let's say. And you get an email or something that says, okay, you know, well, I didn't understand that. So I'm not bringing them back until bedtime. I thought it was still bedtime. So if you have that agreed to an email, you can just send back the email. Please see the email that was on February 24th. And it's clearly there. So Mm -hmm. I think that in most of these situations, it is really necessary to have those types of agreements written down, have the person respond to them. So that it keeps your own sanity and you can see what was agreed to, because sometimes with these personalities, that is a part of it is just, just denying reality and, um, and having written records of that is really important. We touch on this a little bit, but consider the involvement of a third party. So whether that might be someone who's there physically with you during pickup drop-off time, just kind of as moral support or is actually doing pickup drop-off time. So you might be doing that at a neutral location of a friend or a family member or something so that you don't have to see the person and they don't have access to you Mm -hmm. Uh, using parenting apps for communications. We've talked about that as kind of a third party, just to give that buffer um, and some support if things are, uh, are very high conflict. And then also considering legal interventions sometimes if this is escalating and it might not necessarily, certainly you want legal intervention if there's physical danger, but sometimes just because the back and forth and the continual conflict is so brutal to your mental health, if, if none of, if you aren't able to manage it yourself, 
then a lawyer can represent you. So I understand there's lots of drawbacks to that too. It's very costly. It can escalate conflict. It can up escalate it temporarily. um, But then a lawyer would be communicating for you. So it certainly changes the parameters of things. But sometimes that's an option um, that needs to be considered. Yeah. And when you're doing that, I know we've said this probably a million times. So I'll just say it one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But really looking for an attorney who is maybe not as aggressive as your ex. I think a lot of people, even there, even though more information is available about this now, I think that's a common mistake people make. They think like, I need to get someone where it'll feel like they've, you know, kind of met their match when that can really just ramp up conflict more. It can be extremely expensive. Um, The assertive approach is best. So someone who, an attorney who's going to use methods like BIF, Right? I was just going to say, kind of want that to a gray rock attorney. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who is not, does not showcase in that first consultation, this black or white, all or nothing thinking as well, like, isn't all about mothers or fathers rights. They're more open-minded. They're still, Hey, like, let's keep with a collaborative approach on the table. Always. Like we can always, you know, maybe that's an option so long as it's safe, but yeah. 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 That's definitely, they can, there's, you really want someone that's just going to be matter of fact. Yeah. Same thing. Their, their communication should, should follow the for sure. Um, and then the last one that I just thought of was that having, I think continually checking in with friends, family, we mentioned the need to have them as a support system, but I think also checking in to get their perspective on things. So obviously same thing. You want to choose people who know you and who you can trust But I think what can happen is that if you have been someone that's just been in this conflict with a high conflict person for years and years and years, you can kind of lose perspective sometimes about what your boundaries should be, what's appropriate. And you may find yourself with a severe lack of boundaries, but you think you're doing pretty good because you've just lost all context. And it might need to be the, the words of a friend or family member to say, oh my goodness, like, you are giving way too much here. Like, do you yeah. see what you're doing here? Like, or how much you're having to do um, to kind of snap you back into reality of it. And again, no, no guilt there. It, it's a tough thing. Um, but I think that third party perspective or just outside eyes on it uh, can be really helpful to help you adjust things. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I mean, obviously I'm a big believer in, in having someone like me uh, to yeah. help you go along the path because as I do agree, and we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, you know, focusing on who's going to be in your inner circle for this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes your options are kind of limited if your close family or close friends are, uh, you know, they're not emotionally regulated themselves. They're too, they're, they can't really be a neutral party and they might yeah. kind of just add to the problem or make you feel more scared, especially if when there are children involved and it's someone's grandchildren, they're saying, well, you know, this person was treating you like trash. Yeah. You should be fight, you know, they shouldn't have any access. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, just not 
reality and maybe yeah. the other parent does bring some good qualities to the table uh you know in terms of parenting so yeah it can if you can afford it it's it is a, it's a great option to have someone who's neutral and has a full sense of you know what what is really reasonable mm-hmm. um to help keep you on the street yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and just kind of closing this off, I think it, it's so important to be easy with yourself. Like if you have yeah. had this type of person in your life for a long time, you've been trying to parent with this type of person, it's exhausting mm-hmm. and it does change you and it's emotionally damaging and it often is abuse and it's a journey to get yourself mm-hmm. to a place where you're healthy and you're able to make good choices. Um, so do you see a lot of people who realize all the mistakes that they made with this person and it feels really overwhelming? Um, but it is, yeah, like I said, it's something that will develop over time. And I think it goes along with, as you get stronger and you get this advice and you pull yourself out and you have your boundaries, you'll continually get stronger and stronger through it. Yeah, totally. You, you, you learn a lot and you're teaching your, you're modeling really healthy behavior for your kids as well. So if it feels like, oh my God, now I've seen the light. <laughs> now I have all this regret and it feels like a life sentence with this other person. And what have I done to our, to the kids that we had together? Well, you know, I, and we talk about this in the episode with Matt as well. It's so important that they have you to see you model what a healthy relationship is that can be a, just such a positive influence in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know that kids need, even if they just have one good, solid, stable parent, that you know their outcomes are going to be much better. So, yeah. So we referenced uh, quite a few resources today, and I referenced Viv from Bill Eddy. So we'll have those in the show notes. And as always, people can contact us with any questions about what we talked about today. Yeah, great. Thank you for putting okay. this together. This was a great one. Thank you. Thank you.